careful now. Boing. So cool to be playing vinyl. Vinyl. Took the record off the turntable. You ready for this? Welcome to Behind the Vinyl. Here's your host, Stu Jeffries. Welcome to another opportunity to educate yourself on the music you hear all the time, but lack the little details about how the song came to be. Very soon, you'll be hearing from Alex Lyson, the highly entertaining and charismatic lead guitarist genius of Rush. Alex shed some light on their song, Limelight, and how a cold Canadian winter helped the band create the hit. I do remember sitting in the control room, working on this song during the day with the sun outside and all the snow. It was such a great vibe. More with Alex shortly, but first, Miles Goodwood of April Wine has a math lesson for us and how it particularly applies to the song, Roller. <laughs> what a catchy intro that is. Let's grab him right away. Take him for a ride. Oh yeah. So yeah, that song I wrote after going to Vegas for the first time. It was uh, 1977. I stayed at the Thunderbird Hotel, one of the old hotels when Vegas was Vegas before it turned into Disneyland. And the kids' streets are crawling with kids. But back then, it was an adult place still. And I stayed at the Thunderbird with his arches and his pastel colors and his wonderful vibe. Uh, and I <clears throat> continue to go to Vegas for years. I was there last weekend. We had a sold-out show in Vegas last, last weekend. And I, this is one of the few songs, and I wrote about my experience, it's about a gambler, a lady that likes to gamble. So it was coming back from Vegas, sitting down with a great guitar, off the top. And I just had the blank piece of paper, started writing about a lady that likes to gamble too much. But this is one of the few songs that April Wine ever took on the road before recording. And this song was a lot more complicated than we know it. There was a lot more to it. Now. If you listen to it with this in mind, it pedals a lot on the key, on the on the that E string, that low E string. Wonderful guitar work here. We could do this with three guitar players, and it's all mathematical. Music is math. Here's math. I'll show you what I mean. Three guys, four parts. Now we go into the solos. Me first. Oh no, here's Beth. Together. Together. Together, stop. Like that. It's math, it's always math. Math, uh, math and uh, music, bedfellows. So, yeah, just full of licks, just full of ear candy, this one, and it just rocks. And the engine, we did it at the studio up north in Montreal, the, the famous Le Studio. And the engineer was Nick Blagona, again, one of our great engineers ever. So we put it all together, but we took it on the road, having not recorded it. And we simplified a very, very complex song and brought it down to lots of pedals with accents at certain parts. Especially the verses. So Frank Sinatra once said, I won't take a song on the road till I get to know it. I won't take it in the studio till I get to know it on the road. This is what he was talking about. You don't really get comfortable with a song until you spend some time with it. And I wish I had the luxury of doing it all my songs, but I don't. Especially today, because if I take something new on stage, somebody's out there filming it, recording it, and the next thing my song is stolen, those days are dead. 
gone. And it's really a pity. And I write for stage all the time. You hear that? Bye, 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 bye. That's on purpose. This is the end of the night, folks. We're leaving the stage. Bye, 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 bye. All has a reason. There's Roller from April Wine on Behind the Vinyl. I'm Stu Jeffries. Thanks for listening. We've got Alex Lyson of Rush coming up shortly. Warning you now, he's not that great at remembering dates. But now, Rain Maida of Our Lady Peace explains a rather challenging time the band had with their song Clumsy until they decided that exposing their vulnerability may have been the key. Um, Clumsy was a bit of a beast, I remember. This song has... um, I won't say it was ever work, but this song was work. Just the arrangements, recording of it, fitting parts together. Some songs just pour out of you. And this one was... Again, it was a little bit of work, but very satisfying at the end of the day. Yeah, I think, honest to God, I think the song took three weeks to record because we'd go back to it, tweak a part, think about it, cut it again. I don't think we were trying to get it perfect, but I think we were trying to find that moment when it made everybody feel something. And there was a lot of a lot of versions of it that just there was something that was disconnected and um, trying to get the trim right and the, the guitar tremolo and the pre-chorus until that really locked with the drums and it just never had that glue. Um, yeah, there's just there's a there's a lot of layers to this song, I guess, compared to some other stuff, and that was probably a bit of the problem. Even the intro, like that piano, it's not an out of tune piano. We're literally playing it and and just hitting the tuning thing, and so like trying to just get that right. I'm sure if we did it now, it would be like one or two takes, but we were just such novices, I guess, in the studio back then. It took a long time for something as simple as that. Yeah, this is the part with the tremolo. This took a while to get in time because we didn't want to use digital. We're using all analog guitar pedals and just trying to tweak it to get it in the right. You think you had it and then it'd be out and just never sounded right, so it took a minute. And then this part coming up, the bridge is really interesting in this song. We were wondering, should we have a guitar solo here? And then I started singing that part, but it didn't sound right because it just didn't have a vibe. So our producer, I remember, put a distortion on the vocal and it was like, oh, that works. And this is my favorite part of the song. Watching you drown, watching you scream, quiet loud. Yeah, just that part, as soon as we tapped into that bridge, broken down like that, all of a sudden the whole song made sense because it's very, it's, it had that vulnerability that we we're looking for. And um, just, yeah, it's kind of the last piece of the puzzle for us. Yeah. 
That's Rain Maida of Our Lady Peace with their song Clumsy on Behind the Vinyl. I'm Stu Jeffries, thrilled to be able to introduce a member of the holy triad known as Rush. Alex Lifeson is a true character, as you'll hear. Alex and the boys spent a winter in 1980-something recording a huge album with a massive hit you may have heard, Limelight. Hi, Alex from Rush. We're listening to Limelight from Moving Pictures, which is 40 years old now? No, is it really? No. It feels like 40 years, but I think it's been about 30 years. No, it's been about 35 years. No, it's actually 31 years. No, is it 36 years? Anyways, it was a long time ago that we wrote this record. And uh, this song, I think, is probably one of my favorites from it. Really enjoyed recording it. Um, I can remember being at the studio. Uh, it was winter, a very cold winter, as they all are in, in uh, Quebec. Uh, but I do remember sitting in the control room, working on this song during the day with the sun outside and all the snow. And uh, particularly... Um, the lead, but we'll come to that when that part comes. We were there in, we started in December of 1980, and uh, it was such a great vibe making this record. We had so much fun, everybody was in a great space. We'd done most of the writing. Uh, in the summer so we were well prepared we were well rehearsed we actually shot the videos for uh, for all these songs um, there at the studio which sadly has been abandoned and is uh, derelict now all the windows are smashed doors ripped off it's really a, a sad thing to see so many great memories of course I can't remember any of them right now but um it was a lot of fun. I'm stalling now because we're coming up to the solo after this uh, chorus. And I remember recording the solo because we had speakers set up outside to catch the, the delays and some echo. And uh, let's see, I used my Hentor, I believe, for a lot of the song and my uh, 355 for, all, for you gearheads. I really uh, am proud of this solo. Um, it was done in about five or six takes, and then it was uh, we did a compilation of those takes to arrive at what we have. But what really uh, moves me about the solo is its um, lonely character, which really fits the the mood and tone of the lyrics that Neil wrote about this song, and. Um, it's a very elastic kind of solo and just moves around and uh, the delays kind of cascade and overlap and, um, and it ends with a, a, at a very high point, literally a high point, very high on the E string at the top of the, the, uh, the neck. Um, so it's a very dynamic build. Uh, the song structurally is typical of a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, middle section, which is the solo, 
and then the outro choruses um, that keep building and building as you go. So I, I think it was a, a really an emotional song for all of us to do. Uh, and playing it live for all these years has been a real treat. Uh, one of my favorites, we've opened a couple of tours uh, with it, um, which was a nice way to start, you know, all things considered, because he's playing in front of thousands of people. Anyways, that was Limelight. The forever entertaining Alex Lifeson of Rush on the making of Limelight. And that's it for another episode of Behind the Vinyl. I'm Stu Jeffries, thanking you for spending a few minutes with us on something we all love, music and great stories. We got a few of these episodes in the can. I'd love it if you'd spend a few more minutes with us listening to them. Until next time, thanks again. This has been Behind the Vinyl, the podcast, hosted by Stu Jeffries. Audio production courtesy of Doug Morehouse, Derek Walsman, and Troy McCallum. Thanks for listening.